Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. I want to talk to you this morning about being an influencer. Uh, I, I believe that God has called every single one of us to be an influencer, but it's interesting how in today's society we're, we're, we're defining influencers. And, and it, it's kind of the idea of if you have the right camera and the right pose and the outfit, man, you could be an influencer. And you can actually get paid to do that. But what I love about the Bible and the way God defines things is he helps us see it for what he intended it to be. And I want you to understand this morning that you were made by God to be an influencer. And, and, it, and it's not based on your outfit or your job, but it's based on who you are in him. And when you step into that, you will discover things that you don't even know, and you will reach people that, that you weren't even prepared to reach. And so the concept of an influencer based out of the book of Hebrews creates the foundation of that faith is what makes an influencer. It's not a camera, it's not an outfit, it's not looking good, it's not the right abs. It's, it's actually your faith. And the writer of Hebrews gives us this verse in verse 3 in chapter 11. It says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed by God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Which means that your influence in the earth is based on what you believe about your God. So that you can be someone who's not moved because of what you feel, but you are steadfast because of what you know. That what you see is not here to stay. So what is temporary, your influence begins to impact the earth because you're like, man, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by that circumstance because I know that everything was created by the Word of God. And when He speaks, nothing can stand in His way. And so influence becomes the ground floor. And this morning I want to talk to you as the writer of Hebrews kind of brings to light these fathers of the faith. And we have a father speaking to us today, Moses. And the background of the story is is that Moses' parents saw something unusual in their child, and therefore they went against the king's decree, which was at that time, the Pharaoh was afraid of the Israelites multiplying too much, so he issued a decree to all the midwives to kill the boys. And so Moses was a part of that. And his parents saw something unusual, and I just want to say this to all of you parents. That we are a part of a, of a people that see something unusual in our children and therefore deem to raise them differently than what society says. And so Moses' children, you know, you know the story, put him in a basket and away he goes and, and he's adopted into Pharaoh's household and becomes the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I can, I can only imagine as the Israelites were being enslaved by Pharaoh and the Egyptians and what became the pinnacle of what they were looking for. I think in our society, we have that. We have pictures. Of, you know, I'm on vacation, and if you start scrolling through Instagram, you can see better vacation spots. 
And you're like, oh, that's how the other half live. Man, we got to figure out how to get there. There's always something better. And I can imagine as the Israelites were looking, what's the pinnacle? What's the highest point, which is Pharaoh's home? If we could just get there, then we've arrived. If we could just have those things, then man, we've made it. Yes, we are in the best photo spot ever. We've got it all. We've made it. We've got the right job and the right amount of money. And we are the ones that everybody's looking at going, I wish I could be on their vacation. This is Moses. This is where he is at. And what I love about the writer of Hebrews that we're going to read here in a moment is he gives us a snapshot of what it means to be an influencer. That an influencer has to answer this question. What am I about? Because that question will actually drive you. It actually is what can wake you up in the morning and it, and it can be, it has to be determined. And so here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24. It says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. What's interesting about Moses is you're in Pharaoh's house and you're being raised in a certain level. And I think to even answer the question, what am I about? Sometimes that, that comes to a place because of the way we've been raised. Maybe because we didn't have a lot, we have this deep desire that I want. Maybe it's because of what happened in our childhood that, it, that we have this, this is what I'm about. So I think it could have been easy that Moses is like, man, I'm about tapestries. There's something to be said about how beautiful the way a tapestry lays upon the wall. And, and I love the colors that brings out the refreshment of life. He could have been like, man, I'm, I'm going to be about how to engineer water and, and the way the canals work in Egypt. And this is what I'm about. I'm going to go to school and I'm going I'm I'm to do all of this stuff. And what I love about what the writer of Hebrews shares with us is that Moses had to make a choice on what he was about, not based on his surroundings, but based on what God had him to do. And it says that Moses refused, verse 24, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. My point number one is refuse. I refuse to allow this to be my home, to be my identity. Now, what's interesting about Moses is he was at the pinnacle. He was at that place. But I think sometimes we allow that sin or that, that, that habit or that thought to be that thing that defines us. And, and the writer of Hebrews is the, the influencer, doesn't stay in allowing that to speak who they are. You may be in this place, but that's not who you are. But there comes a point in time where we have to refuse. 
Because what society says is okay for us to do, it's different for us. Why? Because God's called us to something. There was something that God had on Moses that was different. So therefore, what everyone else said was okay, he couldn't step into that because of what God had for him. So there came a point where he had to make a decision. I refuse to allow this to be who I am. This, this thought that I'm thinking, that thing that flies through my head, that, that stuff that I saw, that thing that I did, that's not who I am. And what's interesting is the enemy wants to actually boil us alive, slowly. And we start just kind of settling into this is home. It would have been easy for Moses. He didn't need to. There was nothing that he needed. Everything was taken care of for him. But he refused to allow the pleasures of Egypt to define who he is and what he's about. Ecclesiastes 2 says this. This is Solomon So I became greater than all who lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labor. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. Like chasing the wind, there was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. When we, when we, began to, when we started our church uh, five years ago, it's really easy to kind of define what you want to do. Maybe when you move to a new area or maybe as a young person, you're getting out of your parents' house, you're like, these are the things that we're not going to do. <laughs> or maybe when you're about to get married, you're like, okay, we're not going to be like our parents. And here's all the things that we're not going to do. But what's interesting about saying we're not going to do something, that typically you're looking at it all the time. You're walking in a direction. You're saying, I refuse to do that, but you're still walking. And typically what ends up happening is you end up doing, you end up going to the very place that you said, I refuse, we're not going to do. I remember how my parents responded to me when I was young. And, and just the other day, I was like barking at my son. <laughs> and I was like, Rah! and he's like, Dad, I didn't even do that. And I realized, man, the very thing that sometimes we don't want to do, we find ourselves doing. Because you can't just say, I'm not going to do something. You have to actually choose something different. So, so the Bible says that he refused to allow this to identify him. But it's interesting, in our refusal sometimes, we find ourselves coming back to it. Because God wants us to choose something that is greater than that which we're letting go of. I remember when we were, when we're well, we still are, not when I remember. That's funny. We're still raising our children. But when we would say no to something... And we learned this from my wife's parents who are here. My, my mother and father-in-law, they're here in the front row. Love them so much and my kids and my, my wife. And, and, and they would say no to something, but they would 
always say, but yet we can do this. And they would make it greater than what they were saying no to. And I think when we're raising kids, we can say no to so much. Or even when we're trying to get out in this adventure of life that we're like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But if we don't choose what God has for us, we'll find ourselves going back to wanting what it is that we said no to. So the writer of Hebrews says this. He says he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now here's what's interesting. Is what did he choose? He chose people. And how does that affect us from saying no to something? Because if we're just in a bubble... What's the big deal? What's the big deal if I look at this and I, I talk like this and I have this attitude? What's the big deal? And we can begin to minimize the very thing that's keeping us from our destiny because we haven't chose people. You see, Moses refused to allow his head to be buried in a society where he saw that there was an injustice that needed to be addressed. He could have easily stayed up in his ivory tower and said, man, this is perfect. We've got everybody here and let's just stay together. It's awesome. But instead he realized that he couldn't stay there, but he chose mission. He chose people. He chose that God wanted to move in those around him and he couldn't stay where he was at. When you do that, it actually impacts the way you live. So it makes it easier to, to choose to not do something because it's going to impact the people, that, the very people that God wants me to be a part of rescuing and helping and seeing. So that's why we have to answer the question, what am I about? Moses answered that question. I'm about people. Therefore, I can't stay in this place of pleasure. I can't stay in just the pursuit of stuff. Because on my way there, I'm going to step on the heads and the backs of those that are the very people that God wants me to reach. Jesus identified this when he came. And what was interesting is, is typically up to this point, religious leaders had defined themselves as the separatists. As those who were the elite, that, that their job was to tell everybody what they're doing wrong. To wave the banner of truth in the world today. You! You! And that was what the Pharisees and the Sadducees did during Jesus' time. Jesus shows up on the scene and, and I love the way Mark kind of relates this moment as Jesus begins to define what he's about. Mark chapter 2, verses 16, it says, Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. And then he has in like like little section here, he says, There were many people of this kind that followed Jesus. But when the teachers of religious saw 
the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? You know what's interesting is when you realize that people are broken, you don't want what they have. What they have is a pursuit to try to make the brokenness go away. That. So I don't need that to make me feel better because I have Jesus. You see, Jesus says later in that passage that sick people are the ones that need a doctor, not healthy people. Jesus answered the question, what am I about? I'm about reaching people. And what was beautiful about this is that helps us refuse so that we can choose the God-given purpose in each one of us, which is what? People. Last and finally of, of my points, and what's interesting is, is in, in that desire of reaching people, and I, I found this, and I, I think it's, it's difficult when we begin to cross that bridge and we begin to make our life about people that the very thing that we are about, we can actually be hurt by the most. Moses took this opportunity as he was making this decision. He thought it would be brilliant if he left Pharaoh's house and he went and started trying to fight for those who needed him to fight for them. And in that moment, what's funny about the story is that they're the very ones that rejected him. I think what's interesting is that when we make people the mission, we can mistake it as people are our identity. In choosing mission doesn't mean I choose the mission as my identity. I have to first allow God to say who I am and settle in that so that when I step into helping people, I don't need their response to help me feel good about my decision. Otherwise, the very place that God wants us, we actually walk away from. And Moses did. He left, he left Pharaoh's house to reach the people of, of Israel, and yet they rejected him. So what he's like, I'm out. And we do that. We build walls around our very lives because we've been hurt by people and their response to us. I'm speaking to anybody who's ever been in ministry. And then we, we become flashy with our gift, but we stop truly connecting to the heart. Because we've so lived on that razor edge of we're about people, but we, we instead of making it the mission, we made it our identity. This is the ministry that I have. And, and we throw our ministries around like they're, they're the stuff. Look it. <laughs> and then when people don't call us or they don't ask us or we don't get a chance to step in, we, we, sh we want to shake the dust off of our feet and walk away or we build hard, hard walls around our heart. Here's what happened. 
Verse 26. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. My third point is we have to think different. Moses had to think different about himself and about where God was putting him. Your pastor's been doing a whole series on the Holy Spirit. And when you begin to dig into the idea of what the Holy Spirit does, he gives us gifts. And we, we have these gifts. And remember, the mission is people. So what do we want to do? We want to use those gifts towards people. But here's what's funny is we have to think differently about where God puts us so that it pulls out the gift that he's got in us. But here's the deal. In Romans chapter 16, as Paul begins to relay the idea of the gifts that God gives you, he says this, in his grace, the Holy Spirit, God has given us different gifts. This is Romans 12 verses 6 through 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7, if your gift is serving others, then serve them well. Um, The next one is, is if you're a teacher, teach well. Verse 8, if your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. And it goes on. But here's the crazy part. You have to begin to think differently about your circumstances because if he wants to pull out the gift that's in you, you might be in a place where that gift is needed. But sometimes we don't like the way it's needed. Listen, if you're a teacher and you got to be around people who are teaching, that means you're surrounded by people who are ignorant. And usually we're frustrated with them. If we need to be around people who are, that we've got to encourage, in other words, God's going to pull that gift out of us, then he's going to put us around people who need encouragement. What do those people look like? God, can't I just be in a place where everybody likes me? I just want to work with Christians all day, and we can just sit around and hold hands. Say nice things to each other. Bless you, brother. You're wonderful. Just feel the Lord on you. You you see, we have to think of our circumstances differently. God might put you in that job that you actually are, are struggling at because you haven't figured out that actually the people that he's put around you is to actually pull out the gift that's in you. And he's waiting for you to pull that gift out. But you're like, man, I don't like these people. Yeah, because they're waiting for the gift that's in you to come alive because you keep waiting for you to be in the right place. And we keep waiting for that right place. I've been waiting for the right body my whole life. Instead, I just keep getting this. Why do you think I'm wearing a jacket this morning? I've been on vacation, people. I'm not, I'm sweating and I'm not about to take this jacket off. There are things that should not be seen, the Bible says. I love this last point, and I have no idea what my time is, but I'm just enjoying myself. 
We refuse to allow the world to define what is right for us. As believers, we choose mission, which then puts us on a different trajectory of what we, we can be and do. We allow God to define our identity, and we realize we have to live on mission, which is to reach people. But by the way, people, they're broken. So we can't be surprised how they respond towards us. I don't know why on the road I'm so always surprised when someone flips me off. Like, I get so angry. God, I'm like, I literally pull to the next one. I'm like driving like this, staring at them. Like, that's going to make a difference. And then as I go by, I have my church sticker on the back. It's brilliant. It's amazing how we get so discouraged by the very people that we're supposed to reach because we expect them to act differently. And Moses did that. He left Pharaoh, and he's like, he's like, people, do you see what I left? And they're like, you're an idiot. You left all that for us? Go home. He's like, no, I'm here. Don't you know I have a ministry for you? They're like, we don't care about your dumb ministry. We're broken, dude. And so instead of judging, we begin to walk alongside of. We begin to use the gifts that God has put inside of us to reach them with not expectations for them to go, wow, your gift is amazing. If you're in the right place with your identity connected to who God says you are, you don't need likes. You're looking for people's lives to be changed. So you'll stay the course when they refuse to talk to you. You ghosted me? I'm going to be like white on rice, son. You can't get rid of me that easily. I, we have a whole trend. We're like, man, I only hang around people that really like me. People that support me. Yeah, because it's always about you. No. We reject what the world says we should be about. And we choose what God says we're about. People. But our identity is found in Him so that our gifts can flow through us to the very people we're called to reach. Boom, drop the microphone. That should be good. All right. Stand with me and the keyboardist can, can, can come up. I got two verses I want to read for you, but let's stand together. Because I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to empower us. We have not even begun to reach the people. This place is too big. God has too many... To, to, to many who are supposed to be a part, but they can't be a part until you step into what God has for you. And we have to stop being afraid and, and fearful and, and waiting and, 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 and feeling insecure. You are, the, you are created by God. You are His masterpiece. A like should not determine anything. Whether someone wants to be your friend or doesn't be your friend does not determine what you know God wants to do in their life. So finally, as Moses was on the backside of Egypt, God said, you know what it is? It's my presence. And when you have my presence, you have me. And when you have me, you have everything that you need. So you can actually be about people 
you let me tell you how wonderful you are so that you can tell them how wonderful they are. Hebrews chapter 12 says this. So how do we do this? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Why? Because we were meant to be influencers, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Why? Because we were called to be those who pick others up. So let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. How do we do this? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your life, maybe you got drug here and invited by someone to come, and I just want to tell you that there's nothing in this world that can define you besides the one who created you. And when he comes, he brings peace. He brings true identity. He restores what has been broken. And what maybe your parents and others destroyed, he wants to build. And the Bible says it's really easy. All you have to do is say yes to him. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I... If you're here today and you just say, yeah, Pastor Ryan, you're talking to me. I, I need to ask Jesus into my life. I, I want to give you the opportunity to experience the greatest adventure ever. It's called being what God created you to be. And it only comes through Jesus. The Bible says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man can find their identity. No man can come to the Father. No one can experience that love without going through Jesus. God made it easy so that it wasn't just based on the strongest or who figured it out the fastest. He just said, I'm going to make it easy so that even the weakest, the most, the, the wealthiest, anyone can come to me just by saying yes to Jesus. So can we all just pray this prayer today? And if you're here, just pray this believing by faith. Say, Jesus, I thank you for what you have done for me. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for your forgiveness. And I receive your love today. Listen, if you made that decision, I just want to invite you to tell somebody. I know that there's pastoral staff here that would love to connect with you. And over at the new, the new uh, lounge, they would love to connect with you and hear your God story and what, what brought you to this place. My last and final thing that I want to pray for you for is just for that supernatural infilling of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray that old identity would be swept away and God will tell you who you are. And I want you to see this morning the people that God has put you around. And I want you to have a new love for them. Because there's stuff in you that they've been waiting for. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.